0: On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, Prospect Week continues with prospects 20 through 11 in the Mariners farm system. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon, the link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description below on the show today we'll be continuing our re-rank of the Mariners farm system with prospects 20 through 11 we did 30 through 21 yesterday so if you haven't checked that out yet do it also yes our number 22 prospect JB Bukowskis was DFA'd yesterday but we will wait to see if he sticks with the organization or not before amending our list but yeah that was uh the, the timing of that was comical. Yeah, yeah, indeed. A uh, quick reminder of how this uh, list works Colby and I both put together individual prospect rankings and uh, combined the two lists using a points based system to create the list you'll see today. Uh, you'll also see our individual rankings for each player we talk about. And again, this is all based on, you know, reading reports, watching video, et cetera, and crafting our opinion from that. We do not see these guys on a regular basis and we are not claiming to be experts. Well, maybe Colby is, but let's get into this list. Colby, I think we're starting here with maybe our most controversial ranking of this entire list because people really like Tyler Locklear. We're a bit lower on him though. He comes in at number 20 on our list. The uh, second round pick of this past draft for the Mariners had a really nice year, uh, but there's some uh, bat speed concerns that we'll get into. Uh, that I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, you had him ranked 21 in your individual list. I had him ranked 18. So uh, yeah, what are some of the concerns here with Tyler Locklear that drives him down our list? Right. Well, <clears throat> you mentioned the the big one is bat speed. It's a little tough to to get an accurate
1: answer um, on what his bat speed is, and and well, you can be a pr- pretty productive major league hitter, which is kind of average bat speed, uh, like Ty France, for example. Um, to be a, a big time power hitter, which is kind of Locklear's calling card, you, you usually need plus bat speed or at least above average bat speed. And we just can't get a straight answer on that. So I don't really know. Uh, he was also drafted out of a mid major college. He's not facing elite competition in his college days. And then he goes and he performs pretty well in A ball, but he's also 23, 24 years old. Uh, so we haven't seen him yet against, you know, major league quality stuff, at least not that often. Um, and I have questions about the bat speed. And in addition to that, because he's first base only, like there is no shot. He plays anywhere, but first base or DH, he has to hit. And if that's your profile, you're first base only. And I have questions about whether or not you can hit and hit for power. When power is your calling card, you're going to be down lower in my ranks than maybe some other people. Um, if I had you know a good a good idea on the bat speed, um, if I saw him against some really good you know high quality prospects um, and just high quality pitching, uh, then I would feel better about ranking him. but he's probably never gonna touch my top 10 just because he's first base only so he has to hit and he has to hit pretty big uh, to, to justify a rank as high as some people have him and I just I'm not sure if he's if he's that guy yet.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a big year for him. I mean, we're going to say this a lot for a lot of these guys because, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you put it pretty well when we were recording our Patreon show yesterday that a lot of these guys are kind of fighting for relevance and maybe Locklear isn't necessarily doing that. He's a second round pick, uh, of Mm -hmm. course. So there's a bit more leash uh, for for guys like him. Yeah. but uh, it's it's definitely going to be a big year in determining whether or not he's just kind of another, you know, first base DH type of dude or he's special. And so, and there's a lot of people out there that think that he is special. Now, um, you summed up my my thoughts pretty well overall on Locklear and, and why he's, he's low on our list. But before we move off of him, quick little bit of trivia for you. Tyler Locklear shares the same alma mater as... Which person, which prominent figure in the Mariners organization, Colby? Well, he went to VCU, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it a player or a coach? I feel like it's a coach. I'll say, I'll say this. He's he's a friend of the show. Jerry DePoto? Jerry DePoto went to VCU. He went to VCU, okay. Went to I thought VCU. he was a California guy. Okay. There you go.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, right. By the way, hold, hold mm-hmm. on real fast. Mm-hmm. If you have Locklear like near your top ten, like fine, whatever. Sure, but you should probably also then have Perez around ten because they're very similar players at this stage of their career. So, why the special treatment for Locklear? Just saying. I
0: I saw someone rank Tyler Locklear as high as four. That's In tw- and their twenty twenty three rankings. Uh, uh, to be polite that's dumb <laughs> alright let's uh, let's move on here in our list we got a tie uh, the first of two ties today uh, at number 18 on our list this is an interesting one one that we talked a little bit about on our patreon show yesterday patreon.com forward slash control the zone a couple of outfielders here that are fairly similar but they're far apart in terms of timeline Cade Marlowe who uh, should be at least uh, somewhat of a factor this year? Um, and then Jonathan Classe, who is—and uh, I just realized that I, I spelled his name as Jonathan on this graphic. That's uh, <laughs> that's my bad on me. There's no there's no H in the name there. Uh, so ignore that, folks. That's a that's what we call in the industry a big oopsie. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Classe, Cade Marlowe. Uh, you had Marlowe higher than uh, Class A in your rankings. You had Marlowe 17 and Class A 18. I had Marlowe 20 and Class A 19. This one could really go either way, and it, it really depends on how much uh, stock you're putting into the strikeouts on Marlowe and, and how much stock you're putting into the fact that um, Class A has more time to figure it out, even though that he also has similar warts in his game.
1: Yeah. Um, this is one that, you know, I went back and forth on this. Uh, I am i don't feel like I'm a big Cade Marlowe guy. Like I know there are some that are really high on him and I'm just, I don't feel like I am, but every time, you know, I, I look to move him down the ranks, I'm like, no, cause he does this well and he still does this well. And so, yeah, really the only thing with Marlowe is the strikeouts and, and it's a big thing. Don't get me wrong. If it wasn't, then he would be top 10 um, more, more or less. Uh, because he does have some over the wall power, he does have gap power. He can steal some bags for you, and you know you probably don't love him in center field, but he's more than capable of playing there, and he can play all three outfield spots. The numbers that he put up, minus the strikeouts, were you know hard to ignore. And and Jerry Depoto himself has called Marlow a five tool player. Um, so now GMs always pump up their own guy, but still he's it, called quite great. a few guys a five tool sure, player in the past. Still so. more, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and honestly, if Marlowe keeps striking out like this, his ceiling might be outfield Dylan Moore. By, which, by
0: the way, I love how we're doing a prospect list, and Dylan Moore is still catching strikes. Sure, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I didn't get to comp, I didn't get to comp Josh
1: Hood to Dylan Moore, so I had to throw him in here somehow. um I thought yeah. you did that during our
0: honorable mention part. Yeah, I probably yesterday. did. But whatever, <laughs> whatever.
1: Anyways, yeah, if Marlowe doesn't figure out the strikeouts, and he could be, you know, outfield Dylan Moore. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's kind of a similar profile. Uh but yeah, I just I think Marlowe's uh closeness to the big leagues, the power that's already there. And I guess I'm I'm just kind of counting on the strikeouts to go down a little bit, but it's it's a coin flip, man, because classe has got tremendous speed. He's actually mm-hmm. got some pop, he's a good defender out in center. Like yeah, there's a lot to like with Class A. So um, yeah, it really is a coin flip. I I, I just I don't know. I just feel like Marlowe's proximity to the big leagues and and likelihood to be a contributor of some kind is just a little bit higher than Class A's right now.
0: It still is just like and and don't get me wrong. I know that I'm kind of contradicting myself here when I call Marlowe a, a question mark because there's no bigger question mark than someone like a Jonathan Class A, right? But the 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 fact that he is 25 years old, how how like. Is he just beating up on younger competition, or is he actually or is is that bat actually going to be able to translate? Because that's really the big deal. I think he's going to be able to contribute on the base pass and defensively for sure at the major league level it's really just about that bat playing up and i'm concerned that he's going to end up you know if he's striking out 30 of the time in double a that he's going to end up striking out 37 38 of the time at the major league level and that's just that's not playable that's just not playable whatsoever unless he's Isn't like also though, unless he's like also simultaneously walking like 15 of the time then then maybe you can eat it but yeah i mean dylan moore strikes out a lot and you still love to throw his wrc plus in my face so clearly me, it doesn't me, matter i i i the listeners the, the 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 comments section colby not not me obviously obviously right you would never I would, do that i would never stoop to the level of just using wrc plus to make my argument never sure. i would never uh,
1: do that. <laughs> yeah good news good news here is we kind of wrap up this debate is uh we're gonna get to see Mar- Marlowe a lot uh yeah. in spring uh you know tay oscar's off to the wbc and and so is julio and we imagine that team's going to make a pretty deep run at this thing. So you're probably going to get to see Marlowe, you know, play a lot for 10 to 15 days there. So um, yeah, we'll see what Marlo has and, and class a will also be in camp as a member of the 40 man. So um, I don't imagine he'll stick around as long as Marlowe, but we should get to see at least Marlowe in in pretty serious or significant number of at bats. Not that it's worth all that much, but you'll get to put eyes on him, which will be nice.
0: Indeed. All right. So we got quite a few more prospects to go over here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Right now, a score in the first minute of the Super Bowl sits at plus 4,000. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N to claim your no sweat first bet on super bowl 57 that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel the official sportsbook partner of the nfl you're listening to the Locked On mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen let's get back into these prospects with number 17 on our list right-handed pitcher michael morales you had him at number 19 colby i had him right here at number 17. Uh, so tell me a little bit about morales why you're a little lower on him than i was
1: yeah uh third round pick uh, a couple years back was a vanderbilt commit vanderbilt probably the premier college baseball program in the country so seattle had to go a little bit over slot um there's a lot of projectability here he's kind of a tall thin uh kid right now um but there is a lot of a lot of polish here uh for you know a 19 20 year old it's not typical what we see typically you see 19 uh a high school kid getting drafted it's all about you know, what he could be. And and Morales certainly has some upside. I'm not saying he doesn't, but Morales has his ability to throw strikes. He's 92, 93 ish with the fastball. He's got some pretty, um, acceptable breaking pitches for off-speed pitches for his age. Um, and it's just kind of a matter of, can we get more out of the fastball and turn this guy into a mid-rotation starter? Because, I, I think his floor obviously is he never touches the big leagues, but like assuming he makes it to the big leagues, I, I would say his floor is probably as a number five starter, right? I mean, he mm. throws enough strikes. He has enough command. Uh, the changeup has a chance to be uh, really good, I think. And so I think there's Agreed. a chance that yeah. he's, you know, he's not, there's a chance that he's 93 to 95 with a good changeup and, you know, a workable breaking ball or two. And that's a number five because he's going to throw strikes, but, until I see the velocity jump, he's just kind of a, a number five starter who's a few years away from the big leagues, and and that's not going to carry him that far up on these ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like him. Uh, I think that he's exactly the type of guy the Mariners should take shots on, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they did. Uh, but he's a couple years away, and right now, until I see something with the fastball, mm-hmm. he's just you know a, a number five slash middle relief type to me.
0: Totally get it. Totally understand. I'm projecting a bit here, putting him at, yeah. at number 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the fastball is going to tick up a little bit because he's still so young and he still has to develop a little bit. Um, I think there's a real shot here at four legitimate pitches um, in his in his arsenal. So uh, if he can get there, and that's that's the big if, right? That's the big if with all of these guys at the end of the day. But if he can get there, uh, especially with the fastball, if he can get value out of the fastball, I'm really excited about Morales' future, so I'm still gonna put him here pretty firmly in the in the top 20, uh, but he's one guy that I'm gonna be keeping a close eye on for sure this year. All right, moving on to uh, number 16, Perlander Baroa, and you and I were both in agreement here, number 16 in both of our lists, so he lands at number 16 in the master list. This is a guy that he has really exciting stuff. They got him for virtually nothing for a couple of months of Donovan Walton, uh, essentially from the uh, from the Giants and uh chills yeah depoted play it i play it <laughs> <laughs> i'm too lazy to edit you get, especially after you put especially... that in the video clip thing we could just play it whenever oh yeah we should we should do that <laughs> yeah be... yeah but restream no. is so weird about that stuff it always lags like we'll click yeah, it yeah. and then it'll wait for two seconds and then there's the yeah. awkward yeah it's not quick like that i i if you if anyone out there is interested in producing our show for us for very little amount of money, <laughs> then, coming directly from Ty's pocket, by the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. let us <laughs> let us know. Anyway, Praleter Barroa. Again, a lot of exciting stuff here, but he's just one of those guys that can't find the strike zone I'm looking at him exclusively as a reliever now, especially now that he's been added to the 40-man roster That's his clearest path to making the big leagues in Seattle Um, And I think that he could make an impact out of the bullpen Uh, but again is he Gerson Bautista (laughs) Is he Thiago Vieira because he can throw really hard, but he can't find the strike zone So what do you think? Yeah,
1: that that's the whole ball game, right there. We're talking about two plus pitches. The fastball and the and the slider are both excellent swing and miss pitches, but they don't really do anything if you're behind three on three and one on every single batter, right? And and now you've got to groove a fastball. You got to put something in the middle of the plate or walk the guy. Like it's not that valuable. So I have legitimate questions about whether or not Perlander Barroa's stuff even matters until we see at least. 45 control not even command i the guy just he works a lot of count a lot of deep counts that's why i don't think he has really any shot of being a starter um he doesn't really have a third pitch although the changeup has flashed at times and that's fine if you're a reliever it's just i prefer my relievers to throw strikes right and i don't like we're not even at the point yet where i feel like it's matt brash where brash struggles to throw strikes, but he throws enough strikes that you still trust him. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet with Barroa. I mean, he's got to throw more strikes plain and simple. And until he does, I don't really care what the fastball and slider look like because until you can control the strike zone, even a little bit, you're not a major league pitcher. So what, what's the point? So we'll see what he can do this year. Uh, I do think that he probably comes up at some point and pitches out of the bullpen. And if he is even just like, if he can just get to Matt Brash levels of control and command, that's a potential high leverage arm. I mean, we are talking about potentially two legitimate, like 70 grade pitches yeah. in the fastball and slider. So yeah. there's plenty of upside here, even out of the bullpen. But until I see, uh, you know, any ability to throw any ability to throw strikes and throw them where you want it. I feel like this is as high as I can go. I re- I really think Barrow is probably the most overrated prospect. Um, I saw some ranks that have them as high as five and I'm like, yeah. no.
0: Yeah. It's it... You and I too historically have, have been kind of anti reliever when it comes to prospect ranks. Like we, we rank them as pretty much as yeah. low as you justifiably can. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um and we've always been like that because I, I think maybe part of it is being scarred from the uh Jax-y, uh era that leaked over into the depot the first few where years of the depoto era. Five where,
1: of the top ten were all relievers Yeah, only.
0: Seth Elledge was like number yeah. six in the Mariner's Farm system. So Ugh. maybe maybe it's part of that, but yeah. Dark so,
1: days, dark days.
0: So yeah, you know, we're we're probably a lot lower on Baroa than than most people, but again, it's just can you find the strike zone consistently? Mm-hmm. That's the big I feel thing good because about it. Yeah. Because again, like If he can't, then he's Johan Ramirez, and that's, you know, (laughs) R.I.P. Don't (laughs) you dare. (laughs) Johan forever. Johan forever, absolutely. All right, moving on here. Number 15, another guy that we were in total agreement here. Both uh, had him at 15, so he lands at 15 on the master list. Isaiah Campbell, who is healthy now. He dominated this past year in the minors. And we've said multiple times on the show we think is going to make an impact out of the bullpen in 2023 for the uh, Major League Club here. So uh, tell me why you like uh, Campbell so much and why he's at uh, number 15 on our list. Yeah, Campbell's a guy I
1: liked when they drafted him back out of Arkansas. I remember watching him pitch in the College World Series and he dominated, I believe it was TCU. Um, And back then he was... You know 55 control 50 command fastball really good split uh split change slider was kind of eh, you know and and then unfortunately injuries and in the the shutdown year uh kind of derailed his ability to start and now he's an older guy but last year they put him in the bullpen full time and he was just lights out i mean we're talking let me see my notes here 98 miles an hour uh with the fastball uh Plus a really good slider. The slider appears to maybe have leapfrogged the change up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but there still is the change up there. So there are three legit pitches. We'll see how much he throws it. He didn't throw the change up much last year at all. Um, but there are three legitimate pitches. The control is still there, the command is still there. So this is a guy who, you know, has a, a starters like arsenal, but is pitching out of the bullpen. He can go a couple innings here and there. And here's a fun note that I, that I read in, uh, in friend of the show, Joe Doyle's prospect uh, rankings. Uh, Campbell's fastball mm-hmm. generated a 48% whiff rate.
0: Yeah. I saw that that's...
1: <laughs> one out of every two fastballs that were swung at were missed.
0: That's insane. that's insane.
1: That is absolutely insane so there's more to it than just velocity um i really think that this guy i i I think obviously he's a mid reliever at least at the Uh very least but i really do think that there's high leverage upside here and because we're i'm looking at perlander barroa as just a reliever and campbell is just a reliever i think campbell's a better reliever right now because he has a higher floor he has a higher floor certainly than barroa and honestly i think the ceilings Kind of similar. So I, I don't get the wide discrepancy between Barroa and, uh, and Campbell that I've seen in other ranks.
0: Yeah, I think Campbell can at least be Penn Murphy this year. Oh, I think yeah. that's his floor. Yeah. Like, I, I think there's a pretty high ceiling here for, for Campbell as a reliever uh, mm-hmm. right away, right out of the gate. I'm really excited about whenever he gets the opportunity to to make his major league debut because I don't think that he's ever leaving the, the major leagues after he gets there. Uh, there's <laughs> some really nice stuff. Uh, yeah. there w- with Campbell uh, but again you know <laughs> we can only rank him at 15 because of just how we are with, with, reliever. with yeah. relievers now there's one more guy here that we're going to be talking about in just a second that is that has more of a reliever profile that I ranked higher uh, and we'll we'll get into that here I don't know if that's now or in a bit no it, it is now all right so uh, tied <laughs> at, at number 13 for us uh, this is another interesting debate that we had on uh, on our Patreon show yesterday. Taylor Dollard versus AJ Izzy, who was recently drafted by the Mariners uh, this past year out of uh, uh, the prep circuit. Um, so you had Dollard at 13. I had him at 14. You had Izzy at 14. I have Izzy at 13. Um, so let's start here with Dollard, because... Mm-hmm. Thinking back on it, because I, I, I'm just gonna be honest about it, I didn't consciously like put Izzy over Dollard, you know, in, in that respect, like, you know, having them kind of square off 1v1 essentially. Um, but looking back on it, I just Dollard to me is like if he hits his ceiling, I still think that he's only a number four. Yeah. And I think the most likely outcome here, because he's not getting a ton of value out of the fastball, is that he's a mid leverage reliever. But I want to I want to hear your argument here on, on on Dollard.
1: Yeah, so Dollard's a guy who right now has I would say one plus pitch, one above average pitch, and it's the slider, and it's a pretty good mm-hmm. one. Yeah, uh, and the rest of the stuff is is pretty average to mediocre somewhere in that range, but he gets away with it because his control and command is, is plus he throws a ton of strikes. He knows how to pitch. He's kind of a cerebral pitcher who can work through a lineup multiple times. And it's not like the fastball is 84 miles an hour, right? It's 91, 92. Um, But there's just not a lot to it. Uh, And he's really just, you know, getting by on, on the slider and, and a lot of control and command and kind of working through the lineup in his head. So um, he's a very cerebral pitcher. I think he has a very high floor as a result. I, I think he's a number five and, and, uh, at worst. And I, if you want to ask, well, can his, can his stuff play up in, in a middle relief role? Then it's worth having the conversation about putting him in the bullpen because the difference of value between a number five starter and like a seventh inning type of arm. Yeah. But because I feel really confident that Dollard can start and get big league hitters out and he can go five, six, seven innings, give you quality starts uh, with the way the stuff is right now. I think that gives him the edge over Izzy, who hasn't pitched yet. It, it's a little yeah. tough to to see what that stuff is. Izzy certainly has a higher upside, yeah. but Izzy also has a floor of nothing, whereas Dollard's floor is major leaguer. Um, sure. So yeah, that that's the reason I went Dollard over Izzy. Uh I like Izzy, but he hasn't pitched. I have nothing to go yeah. off of yet. And Dollard is going to make the big leagues at some point this year. Um and and probably get big league hitters out with I mean, even the worst pitchers get big league hitters out with regularity. But yeah, you know, he he's gonna be I have no doubt that he's gonna be Chris Flex and Marco Gonzalez for the next, you know, seven to ten years.
0: I just also kinda wonder if he ends up being Matt Matt Whistler, <laughs> you know.
1: Like, it's possible, but you know what Matt Whistler is—that AJ Izzy isn't what? a professional pitcher. <laughs> like, mm, that's true. Like that's we true. haven't seen Izzy
0: pitch. That's true. I mean, look—I have a—I clearly have a type here, right? I like the the projectability guys. I, I like—I yeah. like that stuff. He's six three. He's a buck seventy five, and he's already touching mid nineties. I mean, this is yeah. why I almost put Kendall Meza in my top 30 here you know because like i just i love that stuff i i i love the i love the ball of clay right that you can just mold and see what you have here because i think this is a guy that could end up pushing you know upper 90s consistently in a high leverage bullpen roll with that splitter as well i i, I it's exciting man that, that's exciting but th- again it's a lot like it's a lot of projection it's all projection at this point because he's only pitched in at prep levels so that's splitter man that's that's a tough
1: pitch to master it really is um and so if that's your best secondary pitch Mm -hmm. i'm a little like uh, like not that you can't do it obviously there are a lot of big leaguers who have a good splitter and they they make that work but yeah a lot is like five to seven percent of major league baseball is he one of those guys I don't know, but he does have a, a really whippy arm. Um, and he, like you said, he's 6'3", 175. He's got room to put on 20, 30, 40 pounds um, and still maintain his athleticism. Uh, and the fastball is obviously plus, but I, I just don't know about the secondary stuff. And again, I haven't seen a pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until we start seeing that, I, I don't really know what to do with Izzy. I'm kind of going off of his draft profile, which was very nice. And so, yeah, Izzy's a guy who can make a huge jump. And I mean, I guess not huge because he's already what fourteen for me. So I guess not a huge jump, but he can make a jump into the top ten even with all the talent flooding into the system. But he's probably going to spend most of the year at the complex league.
0: Yeah, I think part of that too. If he can make a jump, it's going to be if he's actually more than a reliever. If they yeah. actually want to give it a shot for him as a as a starter, so we'll see. Uh, I think he's going shot. Yeah, I think he's going to quickly end up in the bullpen though, um, because the. Mm-hmm depending on how loud the stuff gets or how quickly yeah. the uh, how quickly and and loud the the stuff gets so we'll uh we'll see um all right number 12 on our list another guy that we were uh in agreement with both uh both had him number 12 on our respective list so he's number 12 here Juan Pinto, left-handed pitcher who hasn't you know pitched above uh the Dominican Summer League uh, you are the the face of the Juan Pinto fan club here, so I'm just I'm gonna give you the floor, Colby, because uh, I mean I don't I, think I don't think I've ever seen anyone as high on Juan Pinto as you, and you sold me on him, so I want you to give our listener here that same sales pitch, essentially. For the record, I believe Jason Churchill,
1: of baseball things, still has Pinto ranked higher than I do. Oh, there Jason you go. hasn't released his ranks yet, so I don't know, but uh, he's actually. A big fan here. Uh Pinto
0: Joe's Joe's not a huge fan, by the way. Joe has a 24 in his list. So yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's weird. Um, but Pinto 6'3. Uh, he's already put on quite a bit of weight, um, which is good because he was when he signed, it was 6'3, like 165. Lefty, fastballs 91 to 93. Uh, and the curveball, it's a big uh big bender, and it it just kind of reminds me a little bit of Barry Zito. Um, and so Did I happen to love watching Barry Zito pitch when I was younger? Yes. Did that factor into this ranking?
0: Yeah, see, that's where you pulled on my heartstrings a little bit here on on the sales (laughs) pitch. I I heard the name Barry Zito, and I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. now I'm interested. Now you have my attention as you take that (laughs) big swig of water. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. So, Pinto is essentially Barry Zito. That's exactly what you just said. (laughs) Um, Okay. But, yeah, why else do you like him?
1: Uh, it, it, this one it really is all about projection right now because in the in the summer league, he really struggled with walks, but he's so athletic uh, that I really don't think that's a, a long term thing for him. So we're talking about a guy who at 16 uh, 17 years old, two plus pitches give or take um and a pretty good athlete. so I just I'm projecting here um you know, I've liked pinto for a while here. There's just something about you know curveball, uh, left-handed curveball and 92 to 93 up in the zone that I just think plays really well. So uh, it's a lot of projection, a lot of athleticism, but I still think he has room to get even stronger. Uh, and I think he's going to figure out his control because he's, he's a pretty good athlete for too good of an athlete to be a guy who's walking almost one batter per inning. Like he did this last year.
0: Yeah. Number 11, our last prospect for the day. And then we'll be getting into our top 10 to, on uh Friday rather. Uh, number eleven here, Lazaro Montes, Laz Montes, mm-hmm. who uh, crushed it down in the DSL, but also struck out a lot. We'll get into that a little bit. Obviously, the comps on him, Jordan Alvarez, <laughs> etc. Let's let's calm down here, folks. Let's at least see him stateside first exactly. before we start talking about that. Uh, But this is a really interesting profile, right? Because we've talked about the guys that are essentially first-base DH types. They've tried it with him in the outfield. I believe Joe mentioned in his uh, prospect ranks that they they initially said that he could play center field. Then he didn't play center field at all last year, Uh, and he ended up playing exclusively right field. Yeah. Uh, when he was uh when he wasn't DHing, mm-hmm. i think he ends up being a first base slash dh type yeah. i have him here listed as a first base slash outfielder for now uh but there isn't really much that you're getting defensively it's all comes down to the bat and while there it's a loud stick that he's carrying there there's a quite a hole in it as well so what do you yeah. think about las Montes?
1: He's interesting, obviously. We haven't ranked 11, but he struck out 33% of the time last year as a bat-first prospect in the DSL. That's not great. That's not great. So uh, I think he's probably pretty likely to repeat that level, which is not a good sign. Um, it's not a bad sign, but it, it's not great for a guy who you were expecting to kind of move on an accelerated timeline. Uh, but the raw power is certainly there, and even the in-game power we saw. Um, you know, in, in pieces, but like you said, he's no longer an up the middle guy. He probably never was, but now he's probably not even an outfield guy. He's probably first base DH. And like we said with Lockler, that means you have to hit. There is no, oh, well, if he's an average bat, that no, it doesn't play at first base. You can't be an average bat and play first base. That's why, for example, no matter how good of defense Evan White gives you at first base, he's gotta be at least above average bat. So with that lack of versatility, we're ta- We're starting to get to a point where we have a very narrow path to the big leagues, which is a problem with me for, or for me when I do these ranks. I want guys who have multiple air, multiple avenues to get to the big leagues. Um, and and Montez, he has to hit. Now, thankfully, he's so young and he's so talented that I don't think anybody should be worried yet. I uh, um, there's no reason to panic or anything like that, but. He's got to, he's got to start to, to, you know, make more consistent contact and he's got to take advantage of that hit tool that he has. Uh, And it's got to start this year. Um, You know, like I said, he's still so young that even if this year is kind of eh, middling, I wouldn't panic, but he last year was enough that I don't consider him one of the Mariners elite prospects. And I think last year, a lot of people assumed he would be uh, Mm -hmm. when he signed.
0: Yeah, he's really interesting, and obviously was the prize of uh, not this past uh, international signing period, but the one before that. Right. Um. So there's you know, uh, quite a quite a lot riding on him. Quite a lot of expectations riding mm-hmm. on him here. Um. You know, Didn't he get like a three and a half million dollar signing bonus, something like that? Uh,
1: two point seven. I think two point seven.
0: Yeah, which is still pretty hefty. Not not three yeah. and a half hefty, but still pretty hefty. Pretty um, sure
1: that was the largest. Payment Seattle made until they signed Celestin. Really? Uh, yeah. Because I, re- I think Julio got like 2.5 and Noel, we got like 2.3 or something like that. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure before this last uh, international class, Montes was the guy the Mariners threw the most money at.
0: Crazy. Well, mm-hmm. all right. That's all the time we have for uh, today's episode, but thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at pat 11 that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you on friday peace